Hey, welcome back to life. I wouldn't go that far, but uh, welcome back to home for sure. A, it was a pleasure to meet you in Dubai in the airport, man. It's, it's such a cool – tell everyone how Dude, we – Dude, you know that I got like uh, – I had to sprint. No. I was super delayed in both directions and like Gorov was like holding the plane for me on the way there. On uh, which one? In, uh, in, uh, in Dubai? Yeah, in Dubai, oh, like I was delayed in both directions and I didn't end up spending any time even you in the you airport. Need... And actually, I, I was going to uh, switch my flight on Sunday uh, to early in the morning to uh, come see you for like seven or eight hours instead glad, of having the quick I'm, layover. I'm, but then the flight was totally sold I'm out. I'm glad you didn't because I would have felt like shit. I, I was actually not in – I left Dubai on Saturday evening. So for oh, two wow. days, Good. yeah. So uh, I thought you never left the house, so it was a safe bet. That I would <laughs> yeah, try. it was. It's actually but, relatively um, safe, but uh, I meant. Yeah, I didn't even let you know because once I saw that the flight was, uh, it was impossible to to get the change. Yeah, it was the craziest thing though. Yeah, while we're getting everyone up on stage, I was in the uh, briefly in the like uh, Dubai airport on the way back, and I, I was trying to watch F one on my laptop, and there's this guy sitting behind me watching it and we start talking and he says you know what what are you doing and i was like i was in singapore uh with mclaren you know uh with 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 uh, okx just uh, doing some global brand ambassador stuff and he's like oh we work with them we do all their activations like we do everything he's like let me give you my number you know and so we exchange numbers and i'm like i swear to god i know this guy he gave me his number. The name was Bally. I'm like, I know this guy. And then we get in line to get on the flight. Like I followed them out 20 minutes later. And I'm like, this is going to sound crazy. But in 2003, do you remember like a company called Tiger Telematics and having a meeting with a couple guys from America in a suite with Damon Dash from Rockefeller Records? Me and this dude had spent like the craziest week of all time in 2003. <laughs> And totally like uh, bumped into him this thing and remembered it, and now we're we're, we're best friends again. <laughs> How long has it been? But you haven't spoken to him. Two thousand three. Oh shit! Since that crazy party. Yeah, it, it, I yeah, see we, Travis we, we is were there on business, but we were trying to like pitch Damon Dash. It was long long story back in my old uh, music and marketing days, but it was really wild to, to bump into him in the Dubai airport. Yeah, Ryan, you were referring to Travis. I see Travis is yeah, it's going to be great. It's one day after okay. the Binance. Uh, <laughs> it's a random one, comment. One day, uh, one day after the Binance hearings, you know, I think we're going to have a good discussion. Oh, the hearing is, prom- is tomorrow. I, I promised you, Rand, I wasn't going to dunk on you too hard, even though I was going to have ample opportunity to over the coming weeks and months on this, and I, I'm going to stick to that. So. Oh, no, I know. Well, if you get the opportunity, but, but hold on, but, 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 I, I don't understand. So who won the hearing yesterday? Like, when you talk, like if you were like score, you know, like if you were like a – a, a judge scoring like one point to SEC, one point to Binance. Who, what, who do you think won, won the, the 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 first round? Oh, I think it was. It would have been right down the middle. Yeah, I think that was right down the middle. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so then I think. We're but I mean, I mean, I also both, think it was... both Binance US and the SEC are complete sideshows in this. Sideshows. Yes. After the afterthought yes. of the afterthought. Yeah. Yes, and that, and and do you agree with me that Binance is playing a strategy that that's kicking the can very very far down the road here? So they're trying to delay this as quickly as as for as long as possible. Yeah, it does certainly seem like that they are yes trying to delay for as long as possible. And but I don't know how to think about the, you know, like if I was going to try and put some date out there for an over under for some certain event to happen. I really don't know. It's, it's very hard. I mean, I would have, you know, 
I would have been wrong all year, basically, about the timing, because I think when CFTC came out in March, you know, I was talking to, you know, I mean, for a lot of stuff like this, you you just export your opinions to people that know more about it than you do. So, you know, there's people I talk to that certainly know more about, you know, uh, the way Washington brings, you know, securities cases and then criminal cases and that kind of thing. And like the people I were talking to were saying, oh, DOJ should be coming like any day, any day. And that was that was six months ago. Mm. So it's it's yeah. I mean, I mean, why? I mean, Trev, it's why I, I keep referring to this thing as the slow train wreck, because one of the most one of the weirdest things about this has been how slow it is. And, it, and you know, I think for people that support Binance, you know, that that is one of the main things that they point to is like, well, this has been going on for so long. So there must not be, you know, anything to worry about or, you know, it would have collapsed by now, which like. You know, I think at first glance, I understand how you could come to that conclusion, but. So, so I mean, one of the, one of the things that, that I've heard is that usually with these DOJ things, if it's urgent, like, for example, like, you know, like a, I'm, I'm saying SBF, but I'm saying like, if things happen quickly, then if it's urgent, things happen quickly. But if not, the DOJ is incentivized to work out and even here, you know, every single bit of discovery and every single argument in the SEC case before actually landing their case, because it just gives them more time to plan a case and make the case stronger. There's no ru- yeah, there's no rush at all rationally, right? I mean, there's literally no reason that they would uh, rush into this. They have all the time yeah, exactly. in the world. They, and look how, I mean, SBF was in cuffs, what, two months? Right. Very just, quickly. just to kind of give, just to tell the audience on, on, on the development say like the setback for the SEC is just not getting the request for they want an immediate access to to their software to Binance US's software, um, and uh, they could not get that. So that's the setback for um, for the SEC. The setback for Binance, um, not sure what it is. Um, the the Binance US's auditor said the following. Maybe this is it. But he said, quote, he found it, quote, very difficult to ensure the company was fully collateralized at specific points in time. So irrelevant, though. It's so irrelevant. Binance US, first of all, is over, right? And and whether over. you want Binance yep. US to be finished, or whether you want Binance US to be finished or not, I, I don't personally. The SEC killed them with simple accusations without proving anything. Now, listen, maybe they will down the future, but the SEC should not be able to raise a suit against someone and just because of their allegations especially seeing how poorly the sec has done in court that should not effectively kill a business but they were able to basically scare off all of retail that was trading there scare off every single banking relationship scare off every market maker they killed it it's over i have have a question i have a question we're blaming the sec the sec went after and i i I was agreeing but i've just got a counter argument to make they went over when they went after binance us and coinbase why were they able to kill Binance US so quickly? Different, Coinbase come on, is getting stronger. Different, yeah, different. different cases. Totally different. Come on, think about it. Like on the on, on the bin, on, on the Coinbase case, there's just four very simple linear linear charges. You know whether, whether they were supposed to register as a dealer, yeah, that, whether yeah. they did, whether they listed. But Binance, I mean, there's there's I think it was 18 charges or 18. Yeah, counts. but is that but the, the point I'm making is that is that the, the SEC's fault or is that Binance's fault for not playing by the rules as much as Coinbase? No, so the way so, look, so, no, I so was... the way the way the SEC approached Binance and Binance US was they came in and they basically said, "Here's the complaint. 
And we have reason to think that there is commingling of assets between, you know, they basically said Binance US, this is a front. Everything on the back end is controlled by Binance.com and by entities that Changping owns. And we're very worried about the commingling of assets between US and .com to the extent that, you know, US citizens that are on Binance US, we don't feel confident that their assets are secure by this entity, Binance US, the way that it should happen. And so that was the, the kind of stance that the SEC took on this. And then we're asking for this kind of like immediate action from a judge to allow them to secure these assets. Now, you know, some of this stuff has come to light. They've unsealed some documents previously sealed. I spent a decent chunk of, of my day yesterday going through some of those. I'm not actually sure because when when the when all of these things were first filed, I didn't go exhibit by exhibit to look at everything that was previously kind of like sealed or, or marked out versus like, and like, so I'm not exactly sure exactly what came unsealed, you know, just yesterday, basically. But I mean, you know, I think the body of evidence is going to end up pointing to the SEC having valid concerns that it was kind of just a slush pool on the back end. And you, you've, you, there are, there are like good hints of that. There's, some messages from Catherine Coley in 2020 going back and forth over, I think, a $17 million BUSD transfer that she didn't understand what was going on there. There was a $250 million convertible note that was issued uh, between Binance US and CZ personally, which is like a very strange, it was like this very weird way to get money into Binance US. And and so I, I, I think that their concerns were probably valid, but but to um, uh, to um, to your prior point, I think you know the SEC, you know whatever was going on with Binance US, the SEC with the way they approached it did spook the market to the point that uh, you know they probably don't have much of a business left. But I, I think they had good reason for that approach. So. They don't. The, and, and looking at the numbers, uh, is there any way for Binance USC to, to get back in the game? They say it's, it's, it's right now, uh, it's same day. So now September 19th, September 16th hit a new low of $5 million trading. It's volume. literally dead. If you go on there, there it's it's dead. Uh, and and all of the uh, like affiliate exchanges to international exchanges in the United States are effectively seeing the same thing as a result of the Binance the Binance case. It's dead. I mean, it's, it's going to Coinbase. And, and as Rand said, they're just very different cases, which makes sense. Of course, you stopped using Binance US if they were accused of fraud and not being fully backed, right? Whether they were or not. Every, everyone's going to rush and, off. Uh, same day last year, 2022, um, obviously, there's various factors, but it was at $230 million. What, how, I, but does anyone know how far off? I know it's not part of the topic, but uh, you know, just to be curious, how far off Coinbase was Binance US at its peak? You don't know massively. Yeah, ma- yeah, massively. You also just don't know how much wash trading was on there. You just don't know. But I mean, you got a high degree of confidence that there was a meaningful amount. So it's just kind of hard to do. I think period over period comparisons on something like that. Yeah, they cool. they were never a major player in the United States market, but they I were a functional a functional real business that you know what was uh was at least liquid and and gave a lot I'm of so- people an option to trade. I'm surprised they haven't closed it down. Like I've, I've actually been like think, contemplating, like thinking to myself, what's the benefit 
to actually keeping it open. I mean, there's costs involved and stuff like that. And there's, I mean, the volume the other day was like $22 million the whole day. You know, like the thing, the, the, the thing that gets me is that, uh, you know, we keep making news stories out of the departure of the CEO and the departure of executives. Now, I'm not saying there is no news story there at Binance, Maine. There is a huge news story there. But like, are we surprised that the <laughs> CEO of Binance US continues continue to step down when it's a, literally non, a non-business? Of course, they're stepping down. Can, can you imagine, can you imagine like a, a recruiter calls you today, Scott, and says to you, listen, um, got this job opportunity for you. It's really, really, really <laughs> exciting. You say, okay, well, what's the job opportunity? She says, look, listen, there's this crypto exchange called Binance. Now, there's a good chance that the DOJ are looking into it. The SEC is already engaged in, 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 in shenanigans there. It's very much on, on the decline. Um, how, w- would you like the job? Like, can you imagine how the discussion goes with the recruiter? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Well, I, it's not just for the it's record, the guy lamb. that they just appointed yeah, after uh, Brian Schroeder left, the guy that they just appointed, you know, he was an existing, he was the general counsel at Binance US. That was an existing employee. They didn't, that wasn't a new guy that they brought in. There's no way they're hiring anyone right. new. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my lambs. guess is they haven't shut it down yet. You know, one, I mean, this thing, you know, it's gone sideways pretty quick. You know, I mean, it was I was combing through these these emails that got uh, uh, like unsealed yesterday, you know, and there was a bunch of back and forth in May before they filed uh, email email correspondence back and forth between the SEC and Binance US with all the or Binance US's legal counsel, obviously, uh, or, and, and Binance.com's legal counsel. There's back and forth in May where they were trying to sort out, you know, they were trying to um uh, come to an agreement on a consent decree, basically, that, that I think if they had come, again, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm just trying to read into, you know, what I'm reading here, but if they had come to an agreement that maybe they, they would have avoided the public charges that the SEC brought in the following month. And then it was because they could not come to an agreement that then the SEC brought charges. So there was, you know, there was two way dialogue. Const- reasonably constructed two-way dialogue that was going on in in like late May. This is like May twenty third, twenty fifth, like dates like that. But Trev, Trev didn't uh, uh, TZ come out at one point and say he's disappointed with the SEC because he thought that they were meaningfully working together to to get to to achieve yeah. something and uh, yeah and uh, and he, he feels like the SEC jumped the gun because they were still they were still in open dialogue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I, and I was reading emails yesterday that i believe just became public yesterday i'm not 100 percent positive on that i don't know if anybody else here has been far enough down the binance legal doc rabbit hole to have an answer on that but uh it looked i think that 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 corresponds with what he was saying is that there was two-way dialogue trying to come to an agreement but there were a couple emails in there where like you know sec sends his consent decree uh uh, Binance's legal counsel sends back a red line and there's an email where the SEC was like, just for the record, this is like not even, your red line is like not even close to what we're going to need here. I, 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 I read that yesterday. So it was like, you know, maybe it was a stall tactic, you know, you know, who, who really knows? I mean, I think, I think we are getting more and it's getting more and more clear that the situation was such that, um, you know, the different regulators and banking partners and payment processor partners and, and, and credit card providers, all these different 
regulators and traditional financial services companies that were touching Binance.com and U.S. and all these various different ways that at some point, you know, probably late spring, early summer, uh, that having Cheng Ping involved in this company was just not going to be tenable for for the large majority of these entities, for the regulators and for the traditional financial services companies that were touching this company. And there was pressure for CZ to step down. Remember, we had this Bloomberg article that uh, was talking about this guy that CZ might step down and that they bring up this new guy. There's chatter around this kind of thing. And then, and then he was unwilling to do that, patently sort of refused to do that. And then you started having the kind of senior executive exodus that we've now seen, you know, at Binance.com and obviously at, at Binance US. And, and I think it's to me at this point, it's, it seems very clear that those those things are related, that Cheng Ping needed to step down. He's being demanded to step down. He would not step down. And a bunch of leadership was like, OK, we can't do this anymore. We're out. Guys, I, I want to. I know the topic today will be, you know, tokenization of real world assets after what City Citigroup announced, and um, I wanted to to discuss something else since we have Ryan and Scott here coming back from Singapore. If that's okay with you guys, and that's getting your thoughts on the sentiment in the East versus the West. Now, I'm very curious on this since uh, Yatsu brought it up in one of the shows. You touched on it in the last couple of shows while yesterday, I think, when you were in the airport. But tell me more, like, what were those discussions? Like, what were your key takeaways, um, you know, talking to investors, talking to projects, and then how does, how does it compare to the West? Maybe you can go into more detail, guys. And then we can I think I'm going to just, I think just, just, just before we end the Binance discussion, so um, I've had a few sources, and I'm not going to reveal sources or information now, but I've had a few sources approach me and tell me that the DOJ and the U.S. Uh, legal um, case against Binance is one thing, but apparently inside Binance there's also a lot of turmoil. Now I know a little bit more than I'm, than I'm going to say now because you know our, our policy here is not to 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 talk about things um, if they unless we know for sure that that you know it's not rumors and it's not hearsay. But I think if anybody does know any other information, let us know about it because we have been hearing that there's huge factions inside Binance at the moment. So again, I'm not, I, I don't know. I haven't verified anything. If I had, obviously I'd be the first to, um, to, to, to drop it here. But uh, that's another thing that I'm hearing from the inside. Cool. Um, do you want to get into the Singapore discussion, Ryan? Maybe I, I, want, I want you to go first as well, because I've, I've discussed this with Scott a bit more. He jumped on the show when he was there. And one of the times he jumped in the show, he told me, he walked out of the club. He left the club. I don't know where you guys were at night just to join the show. He's like, Marquee. Yeah, Marquee. Oh, and I see a message. You're on in the your group. way in. Yeah, I asked oh, ask in the group, is Ryan joining? And Scott was, I'm like, guys, I'm walking out of the club now. I'm like, is Ryan joining? I'm like, don't know. Actually, I just saw him walk in now. I don't think he's joining. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. It was like an hour before, but yeah. Um, I, give I, us I, would, I would go as far. I would go as far as to say that this is that, that last week was one of my my best weeks since I got into crypto. In terms of being positive about this industry, in terms of learn learnings about this industry, uh, in terms of the quality and caliber of discussions that people are having. Like we're not talking about whether or not this in this technology is going to survive. We're not talking about, you know, is, is blockchain a thing or is it just a passing phase? We're talking about 
how we're going to institutionalize in, uh, investors. We're talking about uh, putting uh, 180 million retail wallets onto Grab, which is the biggest uh, Asian consumer app for delivery, transport, and stuff like that. Those are the level of discussions that that, that would be held at uh, at Token 2049. But how, how's that how's that different? But how's that different to the West? Like everyone's talking about the sentiment being so bearish in the US. In I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you remember, but when I came back from uh, consensus this year, I said that what it felt like to me, the energy there felt like. Uh, like, a, like a boxer who had been through five rounds and knew that there was another round to go, or eight rounds and knew there was another round to go, and it felt like the, the the you know like the wind had been knocked out of people's sails. It felt like the energy was was down. Uh, half of the stand, not half, but a, a lot of stands at consensus were actually empty. We know from some of our sponsors that they actually made a last minute decision to not, even though they had paid for their stand. They made a decision not to come because they said, look, you know, it's not worth actually coming to the U.S. We're too scared. You know, they, 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 they're going to tell us that we, because we are an Asian company, but we came to the U.S. and we had a stand, we promoted in the United States. And they all just, what they, what they said is like, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? In Asia, just to give you, just to give you an idea, there were two floors, two or three, Scott. I saw, I walked around two. Yeah, apparently there were three. <laughs> there were, there were, Mario, if I tell you that the, each floor was the same size as the floor at Consensus. So, like, we're talking big. Each floor was the same size as the floor at Consensus. They were packed with vendors and exhibitors, every single one of them. And the amount of investment, the amount of investment that each stand made, because, you know, like the, it's not only being on the floor, but it's also, like, you have to buy a stand and you have to, you have to bring, you know, it goes to, to man the stand and you have to create activations on the stand. And the amount of money that these people had spent on, on activating their stands in Asia was paralleled to what I saw at, in the peak bull market when I went to Bitcoin Miami or Bitcoin 2022, I think it was. When was the big Bitcoin? The, it, it 20, was, 20, yeah, 22. It was massive. Yeah. I'll go as far as to say I've never seen as many exhibitors spend as much money on conference um, the the event was completely sold out. People were, were were haggling for tickets. People were trying to get tickets from, you know, trying to, to hustle, to, uh, trying to hustle tickets from wherever they could. But to be honest, you couldn't put more people in there. You just you just could not put more people in there. It was just not not possible. It was it was jam packed. Scott. I mean that that's a perfect summary. You know, I I've been into it pretty deeply here. There, it's what industries? Like, or no that, that is some next question. I have is what industries? What, what the most? Like, was there oh, any talk about this. NFTs? Was it gaming? Yes, all. So I will say this: that it was extremely Web three, uh, NFT gaming, etc. Heavy exchanges, of course. Now you have to remember, exchanges won't. Yeah, that. But also, exchanges will not have booths now in the United States. Even if uh, you're just not going to see, if you remember that B Bitcoin 2022 ran, you'll remember the biggest booth there was Binance, mm. right? As much as Bitcoin yes. says it's only Bitcoin, Bitcoin Miami, literally Binance had a massive quarter of one of the floors. And none of those for compliance reasons, even if they offer services to American, no exchange is advertising there. So they're focusing all of their budgets on Asia mm. for, for conferences. So that's a huge part of it. And but they spend a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, Scott, I mean, just lot, one second. Yeah, I mean, like, 
if you if you look at the Asian exchanges, so let's look at the big Asian exchanges. The, the, probably one of the biggest ones that was on display there was OKX. As usual, they, the they bought. Sponsor. Yeah, yeah, they brought. Uh, I mean, OKX. You know, they they, they sponsor um, Manchester McLaren. City, which yeah, McLaren, Manchester City. They had Daniel Ricciardo, which is an ex-McLaren driver. They had that snowboarder. I can't remember his name. I'm not, I'm not Scotty James. Scotty James. Scotty, yeah, they had Scott. They had Scott Melka on their stand as well. Correct. Um, Correct. You know. Um, so big, big, big how was big it? Was it? And was there anything? Uh, any any talk about? So NFTs was just um, um, uh, th- that's fascinating to me because NFT volume, trading volume, literally hit an all time. More gaming, more gaming. Gaming, I'm not surprised. How about metaverse? Does anyone talk about metaverse no. beyond gaming or just pure gaming? Gaming. Didn't hear the word. Didn't hear the the word metaverse once. I heard the Holy word shit. gaming a lot. I heard the word gaming a lot. I saw a lot of games. I saw tokenizing a- real world assets was a ton of booths. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And DeFi, obviously. No, not actually DeFi. L1, L2. You know, like Polkadot was still there. Tron was still there. Ripple was still there. See, gaming dominated there. the conference, huh? Gaming dominated. Gaming dominated. Made my day. Cool. We're talking about tokenizing real world assets. Uh, Scott, do you want to talk about the uh, Citigroup announcement? Yeah, sure. Now I need to uh, reopen it. But effectively, Citigroup saying that they're going to explore something that we saw with Deutsche Bank uh, last week and something that we know is happening across the industry institutionally, which is effectively tokenizing bank deposits and using smart contracts to uh, tokenize and move real world assets faster and cheaper. Now, I think it should be clear that this is a usage of the technology largely on private blockchains, much like JP Morgan coin, which we've, or, you know, J, the way JP Morgan uses it, uh, which we've seen in the past. So this is more of an adoption of the technology than it is one of those, you know, narratives that's bullish for Ethereum or bullish for Bitcoin or something like that. But I mean, I think that a lot of people have been screaming from the mountaintop that, hey, there's a better way to do these things. PayPal, Stablecoin, another great example of these large companies saying, listen, we can settle faster and cheaper and more directly by tokenizing these things. And so seeing monster companies like Deutsche Bank and Citigroup coming in and saying that they're running pilot programs and doing this is, you know, is confirmation of that idea that we've had for so long. Yeah, and, and Douglas, I've got a question on that. I mean, Ryan Rugg, who's the global head of digital assets at, at Citi. And um, I'm going to read out a quote. Douglas, and that quote, it, you know, you could have read that quote out to me in 2018, but like it would still make sense. I'm sure someone said exactly the same thing in 2018. It seems like they're, they're just so slow and moving. The tokenization of real assets has been, in the, you know, the hype has been around it since the last bull market, but it hasn't really materialized. And, and my question to you is like, is it any different? Let me read out the quote to you. Is that City Token Services, which is like the JP Coin equivalent of City? Uh, well, that's how I would describe it. Provides corporate treasurers with a new tool to manage global liquidity on a just-in-time programmable basis. That's exactly the terms that we used uh, in, in 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, so, Douglas, you know, how does that compare to then? It, 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 are these experiments going to go anywhere? It, does it mean anything for the industry? Well, I think it's huge for the industry. I think that obviously it's going somewhere. I think that, you know, I, I've had conversations with a lot of uh, Fortune 100 CFOs. And they were first, first, you know, tokenization was thrown in with crypto. And so they were a little bit anxious. But now they realize that tokenization is something completely different. And, you know, one thing that CFOs 
want to know is, you know, who is the person that owns their asset versus who's the person that consumes their assets? And I think that, you know, being able to match the consumer with the, the investor, we call that the consumer, I think is very, very important. And, uh, you know, if you can see who your investor is, you can, you can, and the investor is buying, let's say, stock or something of your product, but you can see who exactly that person is, you could send them an NFT that has a discount. So then when they buy that purchase uh, at, at a store or something, they can get a discount. And this is something that I think is going to absolutely take over. Now, you know, we talk, when I go to a shopping mall, I walk into a mall, I own stock in lots of different companies that are there, but I don't get a discount. I don't get anything. I don't, I'm not treated any differently, but tokenization allows you to be treated differently. And obviously you get that, that real-time element in terms of I can immediately buy the tokens in a market. I can hold these tokens, get a discount, or I could be seen as being an owner. This is something that's absolutely new. Now, when you're with a big company like Citibank or JP Morgan, you don't just do something because it's cool. You do something because it's going to be much more efficient. And efficiency is very, very important. I remember days when I traded currency at, at Morgan Stanley and others where, you know, when, when you were dealing it and you were Tuesday settlements, if that company went down that you'd just done a trade with, well, that was a problem. So if you can take settlement and you can make it so it's real time, absolutely, that's going to be very good on a risk front. And I think that this is just really the start, but I think that it's it's fantastic to see tokenization finally taking off. You know, INX was sort of like talking about tokenization in a vacuum back three years ago. And, you know, I got on Scott's show and talked about it. And I think people thought that we were crazy, but I think that now you're seeing tokenization being overwhelmingly, you know, hugged by the companies that first, you know, threw it in that bucket of crypto, but they see it as a very, very different product and they're very excited about it. Douglas, and what so Douglas is everything you're referring to there? How much of that are you talking about? Things that are happening on public blockchains. Well, yeah, the INX token, which is the only uh, token right now that's a registered security, so full registered security with a prospectus, trades on the Ethereum blockchain. I think that there is an interest. Banks obviously are going to keep things, I think, on their own blockchains. But when it comes down to the tokenization of real assets. You're going to actually see people start to hold it on the Ethereum blockchain or other level twos, you know, maybe, sorry, other uh, ones like maybe Avalanche, I think, and Algorand. Uh, and uh, Scott, you did talk, you did say that you speak to a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Um, what assets, uh, what companies are most interested in tokenization right now? What assets do you think are the low hanging fruit that we'll see getting tokenized? I think we're seeing a lot of movement in the financial sector. And we'd love to get a few more examples. Equities. I mean, yeah, I was going to say equities would be the future. Right now, I think it's largely just cross-border transactions, sort of the old uh, narrative actually coming to fruition now, <laughs> the old XRP narrative, to be honest, but doing it with private blockchains internally. Yeah, I mean, right now, right now what folks are talking about is really that movement of money. But when you talk about real-world assets and where are things going, I think that we can be absolutely sure that equities at some point are going to start moving on to public blockchains. And uh, there are so many people talking about it right now. That's interesting. And any other, so equities, actually, uh, you know, financial sector in general, any other assets that you think we'll see tokenized? Because I remember investing in a bunch of companies that do want to tokenize wine, want to tokenize this and that. Obviously, real estate is a big one. A lot of uh, that's happening. Did you guys see, uh, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but uh, I spoke to Alexander Dreyfus. Did we talk about this? 
uh, from Chili's Socios, and they just added in the Italian Premier League uh, Serie A that now every single goal, and they showed videos of this now, the referee runs over, grabs the ball, puts some sort of like chip or QR code on the ball that becomes an NFT and is given away to one of the fans with the fan token. Every goal in the Italian league. Hold on, sorry. What gets given away? The NFT they that give the ball away. He gets no, the they ball. give the ball away and it's authenticated with the little uh, QR code or whatever that the referee puts on it after every goal. Now, of course, people are pissed because it slows the game down. <laughs> but it is something that's lit- I mean, it's literally happening uh, right now in, in that league. Well, you, you're also talking about gaming, Mario. You get very excited about gaming. I think, I think in, in, on the gaming side, you know, when people buy a skin in a game right now, and then you, 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 some kids will spend thousands of dollars on different skins, machine guns, all that kind of thing, and something like Call of Duty. But there, there's, there's a movement towards where you can actually take that and sell it to someone else, or you can move it onto a different game because you bought it. And that as well, you're going to see tokenization of these types of elements. Now, whether it's an NFT that's seen as a security that's moved from one game into another, but certainly kept in a wallet. So there are gaming companies that we've talked to that are now looking into this very, very seriously, not just the implication of being able to move it from one to another. So, you know, you move from one game to another, but also the tax consequences of this, because as you know, the IRS came out about two, two or three weeks ago and said, look, if anyone's trading NFTs, if anyone's trading tokenized assets, there's tax consequences with this. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a very, very big thing. Jason, anything else to add? Uh, I saw you requested to speak, and I know that I know STO Market didn't know that you worked there. Any other assets that you're seeing being tokenized right now? The example that Scott made that football one in that league is really cool. That's an interesting use case. 100%. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you know the opportunity to come up on stage. Fantastic speakers um, and conversation you guys are having. But in terms of other assets that we're seeing, you know, equities obviously is, is definitely a great use case. We're also seeing treasuries and money markets. Uh, being tokenized. You see Franklin Tuple 10. We see Ondo Finance doing this and a bunch of other issuers. I think one of the main things right now is especially with yield and interest rates, right? You have crypto winter going on, but people want to keep their money on chain. You know, what, what better way to keep your money on chain and earn some level of yield than through treasuries and money markets, money market funds that are tokenized. You can easily liquidate and then go ahead and transfer that money over to another investment opportunity. So that's something that we've been seeing a lot and the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, was, you know, the, there's tokenization of multiple assets, right? We've talked about real estate equities, now these uh, treasuries and the money market funds, which a lot of them do have a retail focus. You know, obviously, we have the democratization of finance and access to new assets. But the other side of the coin is on the institutional front. You know, we're seeing a lot of, you know, why are the institutions looking at this? And it's not necessarily to get you know, more investors onboarded, I believe. It's really more about the operational efficiencies and operational savings that come with this. You're back in middle office processes. You know, we recently talked to, for example, Intain, who's reported, you know, 60 to 65% operational savings, which is a fat amount, especially for these institutions that, you know, trade on multiple, uh, you know, billions and trillions of dollars. Um, so that's another thing that we're looking at. Same thing with... Um, so- Go ahead. So, I, I mean, I love what you guys are talking about, but I think that what I'm hearing here and also what I heard in Singapore was very much V1 of, of like the exciting part of tokenizing real world assets. It, it, what it feels to me is that we're moving web, no, finance two to finance three. Like what I'm, what I'm much more interested in is 
how does tokenizing real world assets um, allow us to do things that we ordinarily couldn't have done at all? But that's that's the kind of stuff that, that really excites me. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. I mean, first and foremost, we all know about, you know, having your cap table on chain, right? So, you know, we always like to talk about the AMC example. AMC, the movie theater chain, they were trying to give out popcorn to their investors. Mm -hmm. um, but there was no way to verify, you know, who your investors actually are, right? They're all in street name. Having them on chain it allows you to individually be able to, to, to pick, you know, who are your investors? What kind of perks can you offer them? Um, Etc. We've seen this through, for example, villas in Tulum in Mexico. We've seen this through the St. Regis Hotel and the perks that come with that in St. and Aspen um, and a bunch of others. I think there's another one in Japan as well that comes. You know, so I think, I think again, again, Jace, with all, I, I think, don't get me wrong, I think that this is a great first step and you guys are doing fantastic work. But again, like, there is a registry of, of, of uh, of holders somewhere, and you know, if you could, and if someone, if you had all the permissions, you could see them. Like I, I heard of one or two use cases which really excite me. I'll just walk you through what I mean by innovation. So, someone was talking, for example, about um, if you're bullish about if you're bearish about McDonald's, but you're bullish about beverages in McDonald's. You could have a security token which was linked to the beverage sales in McDonald's, and you could. You could break up basically the, 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 the sum of the business into multiple parts and create a security token that basically pays an automatic dividend every time a juice is dispensed in McDonald's. Now, that's something that you can't do today. Today, you, you buy equity, you get bottom line, um, you know, you get bottom line, that's after all management expenses and all other expenses. But that kind of tokenization of real-world asset creates a security out of every part of the business. So give another example. Um, if you're bullish about one kind of Nike range or shoe but you're not bullish about another kind of nike range you can create a security token which says that every time barcode is scanned at a nike store which dispenses one of these shoes you get a you get a, a dividend and, and every time you know that, that one of the other shoes is dispensed you don't get the dividend that kind of of, of tokenization of real world assets really exciting because it's not possible to do in today's financial system Yeah, that's really interesting. I had never heard of that uh, side of it, having being able to really parse it and break it down. I, I wonder yes, how that breaks down in finance. Yeah, it's like it's like you're, you're compartmentalizing, it's like fractionalizing the entire stream of income. It just gives you a lot more. Well, yeah, you can flexibility. You can fractionalize and, and anything. You can mm, fractionalize yeah, anything. But for an investor, it's just beautiful because now you can invest. Like if you see, if you think that business won't be profitable, you see one side, one like that revenue will increase, or revenue will do well, or a certain product will sell well. You can invest in that particular product or that revenue stream rather than the entire business. That for yeah. me is tokenization of, of real world assets. I'll give you another example. Like, you know, if you think about like shipping, like what is a, sh like if you think about the, 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 the activity of shipping, shipping is effectively investing in very, very, very expensive assets and getting a reward for the amount of nautical miles times a function of how much volume they're transporting, right? So that's what shipping is. It's like how many nautical miles times how much volume that's a dividend. And so what if you could get investors to finance a, a yacht, uh, sorry, a, a ship, not a yacht, a ship, and, and you could get smart contract dividends, which were automatic based on uh, nautical mile times, times weight, times volumetric weight, which is a function of the weight that's transported. And you could effectively open up shipping to everyone and say, no, you want to invest in a ship? The formula is simple. It's, it's math. The math is 
how many miles does it travel times how many times how many kilos is it carrying or how many nautical or how many tons is it is it carrying and then you get an automatic dividend that's the kind of shit that excites me about real world assets but we have to go through phase 1 first which is what everyone's talking about but that is just i want to see the stuff that we haven't seen yet being uh, like in this industry miko Yeah, I think a big thing tokenization is really going to do is just create more liquid 24/7 marketplaces for assets that typically didn't have that liquidity. I mean, if you think of something as simple as like carbon credits, I mean, that's a very untransparent market right now. It's just becoming a huge part of ESG whether a lot of us probably want it there or not. I don't think there's any question that that marketplace is going to have some significance in the future based on our current place, but things like that just it makes so much more sense to actually be tokenized because right now the actual trading of those assets is just done between companies in back rooms or however they negotiate those deals and it just makes so much more sense to have those assets tokenized trading 24/7 on a transparent blockchain and you're going to see the same thing going into real estate and a whole bunch of different sectors and as these kind of functions build out and as tokenization of these marketplaces really take place you're going to be able to leverage those assets in different ways such as loaning them out and grading yield based on smart contract dividends and i think these products are going to run really deep but i think at first a real thing we're going to see is enhanced liquidity enhanced trading and just overall better marketplaces for assets that typically were not able to be exposed to the big money that kind of crypto in the internet enables these assets to be exposed to yeah i think the level of transparency something is not being discussed enough and in some markets it's uh, it's a solution um it's a problem looking for a solution dave Yeah, I mean, look, I, 4 years ago I I was talking with, with my old friend Larry Tab who's now at Bloomberg and their head of research and I said the entire world will go digital but it'll probably take 20 years. The fact is is there's no version of reality where the analog current system that every asset is consigned to a particular geography with economic rent seeking entities making things like ADRs or GDRs you know American depository receipts or global depository receipts to trade across border the fact is is tokenization will uh, uh, along with defi Uh, effectively bring true disruption to a very basically every single financial market that is almost certain to happen it is equally true that despite the technology being more or less getting close to available now it's going to take a long time because regulators are going to be used weaponized by by people in every geography to protect what they're currently doing so that's why you're seeing tokenization starting with assets that have less uh resistance to becoming more efficient like real estate but the real big kahuna is how long when it, it, yeah it's just it's a big how long will it take Dave? well i mean it's going to start in countries that are behind right you know like i i can remember years ago talking with the with the singaporean monetary authority they were asking why their equity markets lagged and the answer was even though cimex their futures market is extremely solid worldwide as good market share does a lot of business their equity markets have lower liquidity because the frictional cost of settling clearing and all the plumbing is higher and so what you're going to see is markets are going to start to adopt tokenization as a method of jumping ahead of the markets that have adapted like the United States where our market on the equity side has the plumbing is just simply better i mean europe is is caught up a lot but it's still more expensive 
that's the real economic drivers is it's not going to start in the, the the markets that are the most liquid. It's going to start in the markets that are less liquid and they'll become more liquid. And then all of a sudden companies and people will start. It'll be, you know, it's one of those things, you know, the famous expression in crypto, you know, sudden, you know, slowly, then suddenly it's going to be like that. But you're going to see that sort of thing evolve. And as the technology and the excitement around the technology uh, starts to to get to the political zeitgeist, that's when you'll see it. And it, it, as I said, it's not going to start, you know, in the big Western economies. It's going to start smaller and it's going to accelerate and you'll see it. The proof use cases are all the ones that are exhibiting and talking at, at, at Token. And you will continue to see more of that. that that's my thought. Travis? I agree with what Dave just said. Like it does make complete sense that, uh, you know, basically all assets will be digitized. And I think there's a big bifurcation between how much of that ends up on public blockchains versus private. I think because if it's private blockchains, we really are having a conversation about databases, which I, I think is kind of outside of the scope of, you know, what we normally talk about on, on this show. And, I think the real world asset landscape is looking at stable coins. And I mean, I mean, I think we've all talked about it here before. Stable coins, this is the best, this is the best product market fit ever in crypto. I mean, it's better product market fit than Bitcoin. And I, I love Bitcoin. But if you just kind of look at the numbers and then you look at a bunch of anecdotal stories of, of all kinds of different countries around the world at, with different levels of kind of, you know, GDP per capita type of stuff. I mean, stable coins are an incredible product market fit. And so people are kind of looking at that success and they're going, well, where else can we replicate that? Although I will say, you know, stables do have the way they exist, you know, in the marketplace today, there is a, a sort of KYC free or KYC light nature to stable coin usage globally that is a significant part of its value proposition. And, you know, does the United States end up being okay with that sort of thing existing for other assets other than digitized dollars? I, I think this is a valid question. And then I just have one question for, for anybody that wants to answer it. Um, that's maybe in, in tune with this kind of real world asset thing. What's different this cycle? What, like for, for, for the people that were here kind of when all this came around in 18 and 19, and it was before my time, but it's my understanding this was also kind of around 15 as well, too. I think this, this theme popped up that this was the blockchain, not Bitcoin period of time. So I'm curious to hear mm -hmm. from, from people like what is the, like what's different this time? I think it just took time for institutions to actually pay attention and to start to adopt it. So I, I don't think technologically it's that different. Certainly it is from 2015, right, to your point. But I think from the last cycle now, it's just gained enough traction that it's really being looked at. I mean, J.P. Morgan has been doing this for quite a long time. Kadena, the project, is actually a spinoff of what was originally the J.P. Morgan coin experiment there. And I think that uh, it's just this more, like I said, and to your point, blockchain, not crypto 
mentality that a lot of the institutions are taking. I mean, we're not seeing them talk about putting Bitcoin on the balance sheet, but they are saying, hey, we can send money a lot faster without a third party. And that makes sense. So I think that we're seeing traction finally for the first time. And it just takes a long time to get that groundswell. These are still going to be pilot programs, right? So it's not like... Uh, City Group is about to start tokenizing every single transfer that they do. That's not going to happen anytime soon. But if it works, we're only going to see an increase in this, and that may take even more. I cycles, mean, you could also but... chain itself hasn't been usable up until now, and even now, it's so hard to use blockchain. It's so, so it's ridiculously hard to use blockchain. So I think that's also why now, because right, but know, they are they for, are private. For once, so, we right, connect. Uh, that's true. Yeah, it's it's it's, I, it's still very difficult to use it. It's still not. I don't think this tech is is usable by mainstream. I think friends tech is just a, a, a indication of just how much work there is to do. I know we've spoken about a lot, and that's like I would say that might be one of the most consumer friendly blockchain apps there is, and it's it's a long way away from actually being consumer friendly. Frant, you just mentioned Frantic, by the way. It's part of the news today. Frantic is still beating NFTs in terms of volume. I think it's like the eighth day straight. So you're talking about being difficult to use? Well, NFTs just became easier to use. <laughs> just understand crypto. The NFTs have matured. The platforms have matured. Uh, the ability to trade them. You know, OPC has different competitors. Yeah, Daniel, NFT I'm, volumes at all-time lows. I'm concerned that I'm concerned that NFTs that the NFTs that you're talking about. And by that, I mean the, the fancy JPEGs, limited edition fancy JPEGs. I don't think that those are, are, are ever coming back. I think that I think if you think that those are coming back, you live in La La Land. I'm talking, think, I'm talking about all, but right, I'm talking about all NFTs. There's nothing that's doing well. Yeah. Like, I think gaming NFTs are doing well. I'm investing in a whole bunch of them. There is zero liquidity there. Yeah, but I mean, okay. So, so first of all, I think anyone who bought a, who bought a fancy picture because they thought they were going to be included in part of a club, I think you've got a one in a million chance of actually making a comeback on that picture. Maybe, maybe, maybe one collection will get right, but I don't, I don't even think that anyone, any of these V1s will get right. I think if you look at Metaverse, I think the Metaverse is so many years away that it's probably not worth investing in right now. When I, when I say Metaverse, I don't mean games. I mean Metaverse. Is a place yeah. yeah. Like I shopping mean, like, malls you know, and stuff. Shopping malls, going to have meetings and Zoom meetings in Metaverse. I think that's so, 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 so far away that it's probably not even worth investing in now. We're probably three, three uh, generations of technology away from that. And and my, my my point there is just look at how much money Mark Zuckerberg invested, and just look at how much what he's going to show for it. Like just so so I think that we're so far away when it comes to metaverse. I think the one place where the NFTs do come right is gaming, though, because I have seen some great iterations of games, and also the difference between between metaverse and gaming is. Gaming is something that already exists and is, is, is well used and you can kind of phase in NFTs. The metaverse is a complete rethink of how we interact with things. But gaming is happening anyway every day. And you know, if we just add in a couple of layers of NFTs and players start to earn a bit of cash, that's you know that that's and to be able to own their own items. That's maybe a bit more realistic for me than all the let, other things. Let me make, can, let me make you, I, I agree with you. I'm going to make you the same argument in a different way. The way I would make that argument is that uh, when you talk about non-gaming metaverses, there's no need. So when I say metaverses, me and you are talking about the open metaverses, the, the metaverses that use blockchain where you can own assets, not just a virtual world where any centralized entity can create it like meta. So if you're talking about you know, virtual, you're talking, sorry, open metaverses where you can own assets, NFT technologies, NFTs are there. Uh, 
it doesn't make sense to have him outside of gaming yet. Like, why would you want to meet someone in a metaverse? You don't need to own exactly. anything. It's just a meeting, it's Zoom. Um, but there, there's going to be reasons later. But for now, there isn't. Why do you need a, a replica of your house in the metaverse yet? It's just too early for you to need that. But gaming, owning an asset in a game makes sense now. It becomes interoperable. You move it from one game to another. You can own it. You can sell it. The feeling of owning something like you own something in the physical world. So the, the utility makes a lot more sense in the gaming metaverses, they will make sense in non-gaming metaverses, but it's just too early. So, so you know, I, I'm on the yeah, same so boat think, with you. I'm surprised, yeah, though. I'm surprised. Sorry, I was just one last point. I'm really surprised that a gaming assets, gaming NFTs, did not get traction. Like it, they didn't have their time yet the, in the last bull market. NFTs. Same reason for Travis's question, though. When Travis asked, "What's different this time?" It's just a matter of time. Just gonna take time. Exactly. It's a it's a matter of time. And but but, but no. Well, yes. Matter of time. And I I also think that V1 of technologies never, I I mean, I don't know if it's never, but very, very, very seldom does V1 of a technology actually work. And what we saw now is arguably V1 of NFTs. And again, like my my view is, uh, and it doesn't make me popular, and especially with people who spent lots of money, but if you bought a, a punk or a dog or whatever you landed up buying, you know, like I think, you know, you can say goodbye to your money. Um, because I don't think that those are ever making a comeback. I think the, I think that the notion that the next big Disney style movie is going to be a, a, a movie about crypto punks. I mean, if you if you really believe that, sure. Oh no, you think crypto punks? Are, sorry, Scott. I know you're not rap. But Rand, do you think crypto punks are dead? Be serious, or you just think that not others dead, are dead? But but they just will never have enough. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay if if you said to me, buy a punk now. And you have to hold it for the next five years. You have to hold it. There's no off ramp in the next five to ten years. To be honest, I wouldn't pay more than fifty dollars for it, just because. $50, that's, that's wow, crazy. Mario, that was your PFP, bro. You've got yeah, one. but Ryan, you're talking about the. First, I I agree with almost all of them, but you're talking. You think there's no. So I, I know we want to wrap, Scott. Just give me a second, bro. <laughs> Someone just took a jab. I got to respond. The, 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 the CryptoPunks, in my opinion, is different. It, is that it has as all these other PFPs. I just hey, we're building a Mario, community. Are, this is our story. What are crypto, a crypto what are has a story. Ki- what, what are CryptoKitties worth today? Um, it's a very good question. Do you know CryptoKitties has no limit to the supply as CryptoPunks? So okay. CryptoPunks are the first collection with a 10,000 limit. So th- that historical value, bro, bro, like similar please to tell you, me, Please tell me, no please tell me you don't if, actually believe the sales pitch. Please tell me you don't actually believe bro, the sales pitch. Mean, it, Obviously, I'm not alone. The floor price kind of tells you we're in the midst of a bear market and the floor price is, is what, 70, 80K? That's pretty, uh, you know, the market is telling you they believe this. You're going to own a picture of a punk that I can take a screenshot of and you're going to be able to say you own it on chain and it was the first, the first, Limited edition NFT collection. I mean, come on. Be honest. Can you please be honest with me? Are you doing this for entertainment because you want to argue with me or you genuinely believe what you just said? I genuinely, genuinely believe that there's, okay. a, there's a very close zero chance that punks will have any value. I think it's the biggest uh, load of garbage. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think that it, I think that, you know what, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I think when price is going up, and everyone's got a lot of money because the government printed tons of money and people are making money because we discovered this thing called tokenomics at exactly the right point where governments were printing money and we created fake pumps because of limited supply tokens. Um, and everyone got excited and thought they were gazillionaires. 
then it kind of makes sense to say that I was part of a club because I bought a crypto punk and you can't get in because you can't. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, so let me let me make my argument. Right, let me make my argument. Then well, honestly, no, 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 tell can, us which can, one. Can I, can I just finish? Can I, let me just finish yeah, one point. Let me just finish one point. But it anyone in the comments, so, don't come to conclusions. Yeah. Let me respond back before you come to your conclusions. It used to be so cool to put a crypto punk as your as your as your profile picture because it was just so cool. You know why? Because that was like the equivalent of walking around with a Gucci bag in, in the metaverse and it defined your identity and told everyone that you're part of an amazing club. Mario, you took your your, your you took your punk down to put a picture of yourself, and it's not even a great picture of yourself. I'll, I'll be honest; like I've seen better pictures of you. This picture looks like it was taken when you were fourteen. But you chose to replace it f- with the punk. Why? Because it's actually uncool to have the punk now. Because that what, wasn't what, why he did it, though. No, hold on, hold on. Uh, because why? Because what the punk symbolizes is I was dumb enough to spend a million dollars on a JPEG. That's really what it symbolizes. Like, hey, I, I, I was one of the dumb guys. I, I love. I know that. I know that Ryan is going far when Scott has to jump in and stand up for me. That's uh, adorable. I mean, you did it let because me, you couldn't me, like interview Imran yeah. Khan and all these people as a crypto punk. Yeah. So let me. Let me. Let, yeah. So if I was, I'll tell you this. So now before, no, no, hold on. I got to respond, David. This is it's getting personal. You just talked about my mom, my dad, my brother. No, so Ryan, first, um, uh, this picture that I'm talking, the one on my Twitter now, I took it a few months ago, man. Like I think it's a couple of, a few months after you left uh, Dubai where we met. It is, bro. If I take my picture now, you'll say I took it when I was six. (laughs) No, I removed, I would have kept my crypto punk while still purely in crypto. I was definitely still have my crypto punk because I think it just stands for, because I think the next bull market, it stands for something. It just shows that, hey, I wasn't in it for the money. And I still have it on my banner on my profile, but that doesn't matter. So I, I've got a question for you. Um, I think it's you know I want to ask you that question because I know you and Scott, are, are, you know, you're, you're a pretty intelligent guy, and, and I think you'd you'd understand where I'm coming from. If you've made this argument about any other PFP collection, it's a very fair argument. There is value in building out those communities. A very small percentage, obviously, the apes are one example, that will succeed and that will do well because the community has built something. And the apes go back to the games, for example. So if you look at PFPs if, as a standalone asset, the, your argument of that it doesn't make sense is fair. But if it's an asset within an ecosystem, it starts with a PFP collection, then a game, then physical events, then this, then that. I don't know what else the apes are building. Can I ask you, but they're building. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, question? hold on. Let what, me let me uh, you... okay. go ahead. Ask, let me let me ask my question first. So yeah. so I've I've agreed with your argument, but the, I want to link it to CryptoPunks specifically. Why I think this is different. The mm-hmm. argument is like I can take a picture of it. Well, if 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 a few hundred years ago. Or whatever. There was there was a bunch of paintings, and you went to an artist to say these paintings are going to be worth millions. Picasso, these paintings are going to be worth millions. He's going to look at you, he's, he's an idiot. Oh, this painting. Later on, maybe you could take a photo of it. So, you've changed, so you, just to be clear, just to be clear, you've changed your whole thesis already. So you went from the thesis of when you bought the punk, saying I'm part of a unique community and a unique culture, and now you're saying the reason why I'm holding it is because maybe in a thousand years people are going to say I was dumb. Not in a thousand years. So no, 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 <laughs> not dumb enough. I'm talking. There's historical value. So art has value. If you go to a museum, there's things there because they were the first in X. This was the first painting when the war started. This is the first photo that was taken during World War One. Um, so for me, NFTs are going to revolutionize the world, the concept of digital ownership. And punks have historical value. In, in how many years do you think people will go back and say, wow, this, these were like the first? I think it'll uh, be a lot sooner. I think it'll be the next bull market. I think it'll be a lot sooner just because how quickly this is moving. Like, well, how quickly? Let me, let the, me, the first me, computer me, ever. The first, what do we, there's Game Boy. There's like a PlayStation collectibles now. There's like CD collectibles. That's not a thousand years ago. So yeah, it's like every cycle. I had, I, had a Sinclair, I had a Sinclair ZX Spectrum, I think was my first computer. 
and I, there's no there's no collective value to that. You, you can't. It, it, it doesn't mean each one of them. That doesn't mean each one of them is. But some of them are like. But guys, don't you think? Awesome. Hold on, don't you think it's a bit weird that some Pokemon cards or some baseball cards are worth? Someone bought a Pokemon card for four million dollars. That's dumbest. That's really really stupid. And you can make a lot of the similar exactly. arguments against you that. You just said but it. Yeah, it's why, not why you value. just said it? You just said it. You said it's stupid. You just said it. It's stupid. Exactly. We think it's stupid, but the world doesn't. It's worth four million dollars. <laughs> so obviously, we're the wrong ones. We're you the stupid called, ones. You just called, Human? No, I called humanity. No, no, I called you. No, 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 I called humanity stupid. But unfortunately, we live in a world that's controlled by humanity, Myra, and humanity Myra, gives value hold to on. the first, being hold the first, on. and punks were hold first. On, I remind you of a conversation that we had when I first asked you about your punk, and I said to you, Mario, why, why are you buying a punk? And we had this discussion. And you said to me, because by buying a limited edition punk, I'm part of a club, I'm part of the culture, there's going to be benefits, there's going to be a whole lot of use cases for it one day, et cetera, et cetera. Now we know that there's not going to really be use cases. We also know that you're not really part of a unique club because you have nothing in common with the other, other 9,999 people other than the fact that you were all dumb enough to pay a lot of money for something that's got no value. That's the only thing you've got in common. You don't, share, uh, you don't share the same ideals. You don't share the same culture. You don't share the same religion. It, you don't, nothing, nothing. The only thing that you have in common is that you were dumb enough to pay a lot of money for a picture, of, uh, for, a, for a limited edition picture. I mean, come on. So let's, you, let's, hold let's, on, you don't, you don't, there's not the belief in crypto? I be, I You're part of the early crypto. crypto. Any, anyone that has a punk has, is part of, if anyone that still has an ape or a punk, it definitely means they're still in crypto. It definitely means they believe in it because they still have it. They well, uh, is it uh, hold on, is this a new narrative that you're creating now? So like now it's, No, it's not. Now it's it's not now. My narrative is the same. No, no. My narrative is the same. Punks were first and being the first had had in humanity, being the first in any, in, in any evolution, Anything first, the first so wait, photo of this, the, the first, first car, the first the car, first... hold on, hold on, you can't, okay, you can, you can always give examples where it doesn't apply, but there's many yeah. examples where it applies. The first car ever, do you think it's worth a lot? The first wheel ever created, it's probably sitting in some museum. Why is it in a museum? It's just another wheel, because it was the first. So the first asset Mara, that started the years, PFP collection. How many, how many years later do these assets get their value? You're talking hundreds of years. Yeah, it's but, it's, that, but that time is shrinking. It was whatever, hundred years before now, it's a few decades. It's something's valuable. A Pokemon uh, card you know, Mario, is that something you know, valuable Mario, after ten years. You know, Mario, I know that you're an intelligent guy, so I'm very surprised by the caliber of, of this discussion. I want to tell you what I what, what I hold. Right, I hold one of the first exchange shit coins of a coin that never ever of a, of an exchange that never ever launched. I own the, I own the tokens. I, I invest in the tokens. They sent me the tokens. The tokens are sitting in my wallet, but the exchange never launched. It's a limited edition. They only printed 100 billion tokens. I own the tokens. DM now and say, I was an OG in crypto. Do me a favor. It's garbage. It's no, that's, garbage. It's, that, it's yeah, that, that's, yeah, look, I'm not saying every single thing that's a first is going to have value. I just think in terms of NFTs, the whole concept of being a digital collectible, the, the, the punks, and, and again, the markets have spoken. The punks are still sitting at 70K despite the bloodbath we've seen. In the last bloodbath, how long did that token maintain its value? The one you're referring to, it probably collapsed as soon as the market collapsed. Um, no. So, so I, I know, I know, my argument doesn't make a lot of sense to you. I don't know how, but it is what it is. But the markets, I mean, the I markets mean, are the arbitrary. To take a bet as to what history is going to look back on and define as the pivotal let's make moment. It, actually, let's make a bet. Actually, let's make, hold on. Let's make a bet. What do you think the price? Okay. Uh, let's end it with a bet. What do you think the price of punks will be um, in five years' time? I don't know about five years, and I'll tell you why I don't know about five years because I don't know how long this next cycle. Like for example, I, I have the same feeling about apes. I have the same feeling about apes. I think 
the same apes in my mind apes actually have a slightly better chance of success slightly better chance of success but but said and the reason why i said that that there's a slightly better chance of success these guys are really experimenting with things like gaming like you know apes launched a game and and and, and apes are launching merchandise and stuff like that they have a slightly better chance of success but even then i'm putting the chance of success at 0.1 like 0.1 percent like i wouldn't I, I wouldn't i wouldn't invest in these things because i think they were v1 I think the, the the rationale or the notion behind it that you bought into a collection which could not be copied. Let's just understand what you bought into. You bought into computer-generated art. Okay? It wasn't even ge- drawn by human. It was fucking computer-generated. Let's make the bet. Ryan, Ryan, let's make the bet. Ten years? No, uh, that's too long. Let's finish. In let's, X- finish. Let, 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 let's finish. Come on. Let, let's finish. Let's finish. You bought into computer-generated art. It wasn't even... It's, it's, it's art that any fucking computer can generate by pressing one button. It's limited to 10,000 until the next day when the, ne- when the issuer decided that they wanted to launch another collection. So they launched the mutant apes and the bored apes, and then, then they realized that apes aren't cool anymore. So what they do, they launched the dog. Now it's the kennel club. What, what is it? The, the doggy doggy kennel club. What, what, what was the collection called? Yeah, you can create, but this, the, yes. the, this then, argument makes the- no, but hold on, this, this argument makes zero sense. It's not, no longer the same thing. The first ten thousand are done. The punks you can have. Just can you have eleven thousand? Can you have ten thousand and one crypto punks or not? The barrier. The barrier to entry. No, the bar. No, no. The barrier to entry. No, no. There's no. No, it's impenetrable. You cannot it, technologically create another crypto punk. There's only ten thousand. They can never be one no, extra no, but, crypto punk. But, but don't, don't worry. That, don't worry that the issuers tomorrow will issue a new collection with a they, new. Sell a new collection. Sure, they can create. They can issue a million of them. CryptoPunks, there are 10,000, that's it. And I bought CryptoPunks. I didn't buy their issuer. I didn't buy shares in the creator. Uh, I bought CryptoPunks. And when the shit hits the fans, because that's when you tell about the real value of an asset. The shit already the, hit the fan. I don't no, think no, shit no, can I hit know, the fan hold further. On a second, hold, on, hold on. I know that when the shit hits the fan, my Bitcoin, I can take anywhere in the world and I can use it as money. And it's going to be accepted by a lot of people. And, and I know that th- there is a, a, a use case that when the shit hits the fan. When the shit hits the fan, what is going to be the use case for your picture, your, your pretty picture, pixelated what picture? Is, hold on, what is going to be what is going to be the use case of a beautiful? I'm looking at a beautiful painting now. I'm at a house of someone you know, and I'm looking at that beta, beautiful painting. Probably worth in you know, a multiple six figures. I'm looking at it right now. It's so big you can't even carry. It. it has no use case, and the painting is fucking ugly. I'll send you a photo after this. Uh, this. Uh, this. Uh, I shall do it right after no, no, no. the space. I'll send you a photo. I see, I see, I see, what is the what use you, case I, of that painting? Okay, so I, w- I want to say that, that 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 you can you can definitely compare paintings to the, the uh, to um, uh, uh, NFTs. You can definitely do that. Paintings have a story. Let's just understand what where, where a lot of these paintings originated. <laughs> CryptoPunks have a the, beautiful lame story. What, what? Just tell me the story, CryptoPunks. Just maybe I missed Bro, something. T- tell me. No, no. It's it's this, and the point I made with this statement is that story doesn't have to be interesting. Some paintings don't have a really interesting story. Not every, not every painting is a Mona Lisa. It just happened to which be the story, first. Which, the first which painting. Which painting do you know? Which painting do you know that trades for millions of dollars and doesn't have an interesting story? Just name I think, one. No, no, I think me and you are not going to have a good argument about paintings. I know nothing about paintings. I know that saying, the value. Saying, no, no. All, all, like, I, all I know is that there's two. Re- so paintings have value because of a of a story behind it. They painted this woman who suddenly disappeared, whatever. Or he painted during his miserable time, wasn't happy, wasn't sad. Or yeah, being the, the first the alone has value. There's two things. There's two things that I can tell you. Wait, one second. There's two things that I can tell you that only have 
value. I mean, there's many things, but specifically, I'll tell you two things only have value because of the story. The first one is art, okay? Art only has value because of the story. It's how you market the artist, how you create the necessity, who was he, how important was he, he painted the prime minister, he painted the roof of the cathedral, he, he bit his, he, he a cut off his own ear. That's the story and that creates the value, number one. The second one is wine, okay? Wine, 90% of the value of wine is around the fucking story. You sniff the wine, they tell you how it's gone, it's gone down. I mean, I, I, I actually, you know, like I, I've been getting a lot into my wine and, um, and, 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 and doing a lot of wine tasting and it's all about the fucking story. It's about how well they market the story. It's the same thing with punks. What is the story of punks? Just, just tell me what the culture is. What is the story? I just want to understand it. And tell me the story of the apes as well. Because I want to see how relevant it's going to be for my children's children. Like, I, I so don't see why, so, so I once don't during see why a pandemic... It would be less relevant than any of the other things that you described. And, and I would take the middle ground on this, by the way. I think that there will be a few collections that will persist. I don't do you think, think everything Scott, do you think, do you think punk will have value in 20 years from now, Scott? Yes. Yes. 50 years I from do. now? Yes. 100 years uh, from now? Sure. Uh, oh, 4,000 years from now? I don't know, man. 100 years from now, I have my Define value. Hold on. We'll, Define we'll, value. We'll You're saying, let, whoa, you can whoa, whoa, sell it let, for, let, a, dollar, for a dollar amount. No, no, no. Yeah, let's define value because, let, let, I mean, if, if a punk's cost, cost $70,000 today and in 100 years it cost $500 and we've had 20,000% inflation, that's effectively then there's no value. Zero, of course. Let's, yeah. that, that, so that's let's not talk my about, point. I think that I think I just think that you're splitting hairs to try to define the value of the story because the story is something that's important to the individual who purchased it and to the community. And there's people who think wine is stupid. Yeah. There's people who think art is stupid. And there's the story people who think could be, the story could be, but the story could not just be CryptoPunks. CryptoPunks were the first. So the story could be about NFTs and how NFT PFP started. Like now, in a, in a world where NFTs, is in a world, no, no, I'll tell you no. The in a world when NFT in a, PFP was Crypto Kitties, they were jack shit. The first no, one was I, actually CryptoKitties. They were actually no, right? CryptoKitties, the only reason CryptoKitties doesn't count is because there's no limit to it. That's why the, 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 the whole oh, collectible aspect, of, something doesn't have a limit, can't have the same. You mean, you mean the fake limit that the issuer, you mean the fake? So How's listen, it fake? You it, can't actually change it. The determined the, limit by the issuer. How's that fake? It's, you cannot make Rand, it more. Somebody can paint another painting. It's the same. No, thing. hold on, hold on, hold on. No, that, no, that's exactly my point. This is exactly my point. When, when an artist paints a painting, the one of one the most expensive then some artists or some houses or whatever it is get the right to make copies and those sell for a fraction of the price okay well, what, what about one of one like, nfts what about a people okay but hold on are you telling so so what what people no, I'm, gave not comparing the value, them. I'm asking your opinion on a one of one nft since you just made that argument well well hold on okay so which one do i think might have value take for example people's nft art I think that might have value. You know why? Because that's an artist with a story taking time to actually paint it. Not computer generated, not made out of a mold of six types of eyes, six types of hair, six types of noses, six types of, 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 of hats. That's bullshit computer algorithm garbage. I mean, come on. How about, uh, then, how, can we do, to do this, Ryan? When, when there's NFT news, when there's, it's going to happen next week or so, me and you will prepare for this debate. We'll have it when there's NFT news. Is that a fair, fair way to conclude this? And then Scott is happy and then we're happy. And then, But you have to promise me one thing. You will not take it personal when I crush you. Is that fair? 
No, no, but what do you mean when there's NFT news? What's the news going to be? When, there, when, there's some, when there's some news about NFTs, like some hack in this new protocol, no, NFTs reaching new low, no, hold on, hold on. or this I protocol, think, and then we could talk Mario, about it and I get into a deeper discussion. I think the technology behind NFTs is game-changing. I think the fact that you can now own things in games is game-changing. I think the fact that now every concert ticket and every movie ticket and every is an experience and it's one of one and you can't transfer it and you can't sculpt it at stadiums, that is fucking game-changing technology. I think that... that that schmucks like you that landed up buying punks and paid millions of dollars for this shit. You guys drank Kool-Aid. You guys drank the Kool-Aid. And now you're trying to... I see Elio's here. You know, bring Elio onto the stage. Yeah, Elio, because uh, I know you, you may have different views here. I want to settle this debate once and for fucking all. Because I know that you also... Um, I invited him. Invite him, invite him. Because I want to settle this debate. I want to settle this debate. And I... I like, if, honestly, if you were dumb enough to buy a picture of something and you think it's got value, I want to chat to you now. But, Rand, why, why, I, I mean, to Mario's point, like, most altcoins are down 99%. Yeah, but I don't think that so, in 100 years people are going to look at the altcoins and say, uh, look at the altcoins and say, no, no, Rand, but, but we look, Rand, no, no, but what, what Rand is doing is he's trying to use logic to make arguments, but humans make very weird, illogical decisions. Like, who logic, where's the logic where watches are suddenly going to be worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars? Where this, I remember seeing a watch brand that was created because it was after pilots during World War II and they used the material from the planes, which is not even that fucking rare. Why, and that's why the story of the, the, the creator. Or Gucci, Gucci, or Gucci, or hold on, or Gucci suddenly a brand that's worth a lot more than Zara because of whatever the brand, the, 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 what the brand represents. Well, Gucci began, represented exclusivity. It represented I remember, a certain, I, a certain, a certain size. So the same thing, wearing a Gucci shoe, you could make fun of it. If you go to right now to a country that doesn't understand Gucci, if I go right now to a country in, in Central Asia, if I go to Kazakhstan, I'm wearing Gucci and I go to a village there, they look at me, they're like, oh, how much is this? I'll be like, oh, there's, you know, uh, whatever, $1,000 a pair. And after they explain to them why this pair is $1,000 and I have another pair of Zara, which looks identical, it's only $50. I'm it's sure the they look at me, I'm sure they look at, they're looking uh, at me with the same remember, illogic. So when, when you look at crypto punks, ignore the position, ignore the first, ignore the position of being first and the collectible aspect of it. You, 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 you yourself said it was seen as a Rolex. It was seen as a way to flex for no, some people wasn't. They tried on the web. To, they tried well, to now, convince me that in they the, tried to convince me it was not talking. It was for many people, that, for many in the bull market, you can't lie. In the bull market, a flex was to have an April puck. Now, obviously, you can laugh it still at it. Is. Some people did. It well, right now, is. you could you could laugh at someone that's wearing Gucci from head to toe, but it's still a stance. It's still a flex. Guys, the, so, the, the, the NFT PFPs that people still have as their profile pictures is honestly, not so honestly, different. It's not so different than Bitcoin or laser eyes. Honestly, I look at the NFT PFP, the people that are, that are flaunting their PFPs, and I think, the only thing that you've got in common with the rest of the apes and the rest of the punks is that you were dumb enough to buy a picture of a of something uh, at, at a high price. You have nothing else in common. You have zero else in common. You don't have the same culture. You don't have the same beliefs. You don't share the same values. You share nothing except the fact that you all made too much money too quickly in the bull market. You had to flaunt it because you, because you were stuck behind your computer and you weren't allowed out. And maybe you were allowed, allowed out after you couldn't buy uh, fancy shoes or you when you did buy fancy shoes, you had nowhere to go so you had to spend your money on something to show everybody that you were rich what did you do you went and bought a fucking jpeg and you paid millions of dollars for it ridiculous you guys look so stupid you look dumb scott we'll do it nope. next time
Nope. I'm still. Uh, space. That, that went a little farther than I'd have been willing to go. <laughs> oh, Elio's here. Uh, well, I'm not good I, enough to settle the debate. So we hold on. Let, I want to hear. I want to hear Elio's a brilliant debater, and I know he believes a lot in NFTs, but I haven't spoken to him. I know he believes a lot in gaming. I'd be very disappointed if he still believed that owning a, a limited edition JPEG is worth anything. But I don't know. Let's see, Elio. What do you think, bro? Um, well, that was quite the setup. Thank you, Ren. Um, uh, look, I, I got into Bored Apes uh, when they were about one ETH or a little bit less. And I saw them go up and I saw the airdrops and I made, you know, roughly a thousand X on those purchases. And um, and so, you know, why I didn't sell them all um, at, at the peak is the same reason why you didn't sell your, your Luna at the peak, Ren, when you had, you know, That's what I'm $50 saying. million dollars or whatever it was. And so... Look, we all get a little swept away. I mean, I was in um, I was in a, a a chat room with a very well known OG who I'm not going to name, but they said that they uh, bought almost every time within about five percent of the bottom, but they had never sold within fifty percent of the top. Um, and I think that speaks. And this is someone who everyone follows and respects. Um, this is, I think, it's just indicative of of what the emotions like at the top. Um, it's, it's really hard to see past, um, all of that excitement sometimes. Uh, that said, I do believe that NFTs being their first cycle, uh, we'll see what happens on the next cycle, but it's pretty clear that. But what do you think about the collections? No, no, no. Let's get to, uh, we, we all believe the same thing, here, but let's get straight to the point. The collections that people paid a lot of money for, and I'm going to name some collections, punks, uh, uh, board apes, mutant apes. Uh, uh, what's it called? Kennel dogs, woof woof. What, what's that called? They're all under. They're all under apes. So, so punks, apes, and let's say zookies. Okay. Uh, they uh, got wait, pets. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What was the other one? The handbags. There was a handbag one too, right? Wasn't it like that? The handbag one too. Was, well, what's that? No, the, the, the other big. Okay. So now, well, pudgy penguins are pretty big, and they, they oh, have huge, huge toys huge. and target. Can't wait to tell my kids. Can't wait to tell my kids that instead of instead of buying them a Rolex or a bar of gold or a Bitcoin, I bought them a picture of a pudgy penguin. Uh, and, and that's the inheritance. Can't wait for that day, bro. Can't, can't wait for that conversation. Um, do you think that any of these will have significant value 10 years from now? And if yes, tell me why. Yeah, so I think there's, um, there, the way I see it is an NFT is just something online that you own. Obviously, knowing exactly what of those things will accrue value over time is, is a lot. I think it's, hard, it's a harder game to play than the altcoins. But to say that we spend all of our time online and stuff online is not going to hold value or there's not going to be possessions online that people want to trade or own or collect. I don't think that that thesis is right. Um, what the price point is, what we determine is a lot of value. That'll, that'll happen over time in the market. Um, but I'm very confident that there will be certain NFTs. What those are, I'm not sure, but I'm very confident that there will be ones that do accrue value over time and, and do end up holding a high price point because it's just very natural to human nature to collect and own unique stuff that we feel like represents us. Yeah, I, 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 Ray and I understand the philosophical argument you're making. I think I agree 80% and always have. There's nobody that's been more critical of PFP projects. Probably no, no, you don't. Than don't me. Scott, so but, you don't. Uh, but, you're being nice. But, change the 80% but, and be honest wait, to him. But, There's mean, no way you agree point, with 80%. To the point that Mario made earlier, I, I don't understand how you can differentiate, and to what Elio just said, I don't understand how you can differentiate the value of a picture that you think is stupid from the value of a Pokemon card, which I think is stupid, or a baseball card, which my parents thought were stupid. And but hold on. Things, uh, I mean, each of those have retained value. And so humans, you're, humans making collectively, nothing, yeah. you're making the argument that nothing digital can ever hold value if you think 
no, 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 no. No, without you, no, no. He's saying, he's saying, no. He's saying without utility, you can't add value. Humans collectively decide what's stupid and what's not, what's humans dumb and what's not. And the humans collectively decided the world. Exactly. Humans stamps being another yeah, one. Stamps. I, I used to collect as a kid. Humans. Right, right. Humans. Yeah. Co humans decided collectively decided that the first of something has value just because it's first. How do the I value know this? I to, anything is a shared myth. Any, yeah, no, it, exactly, exactly, shared. exactly. Um, so, so the first, I, I used to collect stamps. You put a hundred stamps next to each other. The first one that was printed out of the first edition was worth a lot. As a kid, I used to collect them. was worth a lot. Or the first Pokemon card out of a collection that was printed was worth a lot. Why is it the same thing? No, it was first. And that made it, gave it a significantly more value. There's, so wait, there's the first I, I, that's the I, I, first I value of punks. The second value I is the. I want to understand your argument for first. You're saying it wasn't the first PFP; it was just the first PFP which was limited edition. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it was the first ten thousand PFP okay. collection that brought value. Okay. So we collectively. It's also the, it's also the cultural. It's the first one to have significance, right? You. It's the first one to reach a level of significance, and that historical value is what I think people might look to. Again, we don't know, but that's what the guess, the right? What about the apes? Yeah, apes, what about apes, apes? I would say, what is I would say apes are more risky, right? And 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 significantly more so. Um, but they also, I would argue, have have some significance in the history here of the NFT. I think there's some on-chain art that has significance, right? Who knows? I could I could be totally wrong. Right? I would go, but, I would but I believe Elio, I would say yeah, Elio, Elio. I would say the way I would say apes is that it's leaning less on significance of being first or early, because it's early more than first. But more on utility. So apes is depending on the utility that they're building. Punks is depending on being apes, the first. Yeah, very, very, very apes, well. Put, apes has a well better chance of success because I think that apes could become Pokemon. Even though I'm saying that the chance of that is close to zero. Why? Because I think this is V1, and I think I, that I, I disagree. But Ryan, Ryan, I disagree. I think the utility makes it more risky. Punks have less risk. That's why they, they eventually flipped apes again. They have less risk because no one else could be first. They've they've already taken the position of being first. I a agree. stamp that was printed first can never be replaced. It doesn't need to create utility. Why is punks not creating utility? They don't need to. The, the community didn't even want utility. utility. Apes depend on constant utility and innovation, which makes it riskier, in my opinion. And then the second one, so that's the whole being first. And then the second one is the ability to flex. So when you go to, let's say, you know, you you, you have your NFT as a PFP on Twitter, or you have it as an avatar in, a, in, a, in an event, uh, in a metaverse or in a game, it's a flex the same way us dumb humans have a piece of T-shirt with another name written on it that's an original and is suddenly worth 100 or 1,000 X. Yeah, I, I um, agree, so I agree the, Mario. The, the, your, your, st your statement about utility being more risky is, is true. And um, And then when you look at like, uh, specifically on-chain art where the art is actually in the code. So the block of Ethereum actually holds the, the code for the art itself and it generates from that code. Uh, like you're talking about Fidenzas and some of these generative on-chain projects. Those to me are interesting because I'm like, oh, okay, this is the first time in art history that you have like a verifiable timestamp of this digital art. Uh, it, it just it just to me seems uh, compelling, right? I could It could go to zero or infinity. I don't know, but I have bags of stuff that go to zero or infinity. That's just part of my crypto portfolio i would choose i would much rather choose to put my money into technology which may or may not work and if it does work will make a difference to the world and make the world more efficient and make and allow us to do things we ordinarily can't do rather than putting my money into into a jpeg that one day may be worth something because a bunch of clowns decided that it was the first one to do something. I mean, honestly, like, like guys, I can't even believe in the bear market we're having this discussion. In the bull market, we were all making 
hundreds of millions of dollars and we literally could didn't know what to spend our money on great okay you can buy you can buy these 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 computer generated pictures of degenerated ba- badly computer generated pictures of punks i get it um, but it, uh, it, in the oh, come on guys but, but it, it, you, it, can't, you, so can't, you can't you can't kick like this is this is the art of kicking something while it's on the opposite side of the liquidity cycle of course of so course true. it's not going to make sense in the in the uh, bottom of the bear market and I'm no one's going to buy them i'm not we know that bitcoin I, i'm not but guys he's late guys he's wrong guys guys he's wrong in the bear market as well punks at 70k Mario, there are pictures in the MoMA that are literally a frame around the white wall that are worth millions of dollars. You can't tell me this is stupider than that. You're being. You're, you see, you just said like, it. You just said it. You yes, said stupid. It's stupid, but it stupider. has value. It fights your, your your opinion on what is stupid does not define value. Do you remember the, the dude that bought the banana? People are stupid. Do you remember the dude that bought the banana in Miami? How, how much that banana taped on the wall will go for? Remember that? Remember the banana? Millions. Okay, now in hindsight, let's let, let's let's call let's call a spider spread. In yes, he's redacted. I think we all know that, but I'm talking about the museum fucking of idiotic. modern art. Swept up in the moment of art, Basil. Idiotic. Yes. Landed up buying a the, banana. The nuance here, Rand, is that you're not the judge, jury, and executioner for what another stupid or um, non-stupid person will do to have value not, in the I'm future. I'm choosing not to invest, and I'm highly, highly encouraging my friend Mario to sell his one while he has the chance. And, and and go and buy yourself. Honestly, go, go and buy, go, go go and sell your punk, and, and go buy yourself a pair of shoes. At least you can get some good traction out of them. You can wear them. But buy the ones with the red with the red sole, sole like the ones you wore for. That, that <laughs> the, the, the next, those are called Louboutins, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah no. in, in, in the next season, in the next season, at least you can wear new ones. You know what I mean? So people can see, like, look, the, the red sole isn't worn out. At least you got some kind of use case uh, out of it, bro. Yeah, Scott, you know, that was funny. I'll, I'll end it with this. You know how we, I just laughed at Rand when he says, buy the shoes with red soles. And the first time I wore those, because you know, I, I used to hate brands until what, a year and a half ago. And then I was doing the first event I've spoken about NFTs ever was about punks and about explaining exactly what Rand is, me and Rand are having debate on, why punks have value, the value of being first, value of having a story and the value of having a flex. And I did that in Dubai. That was my first event. It was like two years ago, whatever it was, two and a half years ago. And that was the first time. And I I, I forgot my suit shoes at home. I can't, I, they were probably not branded. That's before I wore brands. So I buy online ones, random ones, and then I get them delivered. And it was Louboutins with a red sole. I look at the red sole. I'm like, oh, shit. Look what, what the fuck is this red sole? People are going to laugh at me. And I go on stage. I speak and all that. And people start messaging me, man, I love your red sole. Sick shoes, sick LBs or, or Boutins, sick Boutins. And I Google it and I find out Louboutins. So the first time I learned that Louboutins, the first time I wore them, and I, I now only wear them because the red soles are pretty cool. And but the first time I learned about them was at clearly, the, clearly, Yeah, yeah, but was that an event? What, ironic was clearly at an you're event. Not married. <laughs> clearly you're not married. Because, so, yeah, because yeah. let me tell you, when, when you get Get married, you learn about the red soul shoes very quickly, man. You, you yeah, well, you learned that you knew you knew about them before you, you, I did. But you I thought I, when your wife, wife, when, when your wife walks into the store with the red soles, you you realize it's gonna be a bad day. Yeah. So what's funny is that I learned it on my first speech ever talking about NFTs, crypto punks, and the value being first. And now we're having a debate about the same thing. But guys, Ryan, we could wrap it up. Yeah. Listen. Much love to you guys, Mario. Do me a favor. Stop the punk. Let's go. Let, let's go buy some cool stuff that you can actually use. Let's invest it in Bitcoin. Get rid of the picture. Yeah, let's move on. We'll, we'll see everyone again tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, guys.